Welcome back to another episode of Pitch Black, America's Mission Soccer Stars. I'm your host, Matthew, and as usual, we're going to have some interesting topics, but we're going to finish it off with a kind of a grind my gears moment. Um, we're going to talk about Orlando's ownership, Orlando City's ownership, uh, Ballon d'Or winners, since that just happened, of course, a little bit of cultural EA Sports uh, magic, and like I said, the grinding my gears, and you'll hear about it. Stay tuned. All right. So, like I said, we're going to kind of get into the nicer parts and work our way to uh, what really grinds my gears. Um, and like I said, I don't want to get too uh, into it early because um, uh, I think these other pieces are very important as well. Uh, first, I want to uh, you know say congratulations to Lionel Messi. Uh, I know myself and many other people, we all have um, our, you know, biases as far as um, who we felt should have won. I, I with many other people, uh, feel that um, uh, Holland should have won. I think he did an incredible job for what he was tasked with. Um, but, you know, I'm not a voter. I uh, didn't even realize that. The voting was uh, based on uh, journalists. Uh, as someone who's coached, I I do take more stock in what a manager and player vote for. Um, but I've seen this kind of thing happen, um, you know, in in college football uh, years ago. For I guess well over a decade ago, I'd wish Larry Fitzgerald had won the Heisman because I think he put up the best stats, but he didn't win. Um, but a lot of times the trophy doesn't mean that's the best person. At the same time, I'm not going to take a trophy away from a person. Um, you know, it's give it to him unless he wants to give it back. It's his. He's, he's earned it under their eyes. That doesn't make any of the players lesser than them. Um, but the reason why I mention that um, is, uh, I started thinking a little bit of, you know, based on the essence of this, uh, this podcast, who's the last black, uh, <laughs> you know, um, Ballon d'Or win? Were there any, you know, were there, was Balotelli, did he win one, you know, Drogba? Um, I had actually thought for some reason, Virgil, uh, Van Dyke, um, from Liverpool, if I'm saying his last name correctly, I thought he won. Uh, he was runner up, and I guess I just did not realize. Um, I did not know of any, and I, you know, actually earlier today looked it up, and the only person, uh, the father of U.S. men's national teams, Tim Whale, uh, George Way, um, uh, 1995 Ballon d'Or winner, and uh, while his stats didn't seem incredible and by all means that's compared to what we tend to see now the game uh and the physical um training has changed since 1995 drastically i mean honestly it's probably changed just in the past 10 20 years alone much less 1995 uh he is uh currently the president of liberia uh definitely do some history on uh the country of liberia a lot of people don't uh, that's going to just be a little bit of, you know, a good tidbit if you ever want to learn, like, some world history slash U.S. history, I guess, if you want to call it. Uh, but current president of uh, Liberia played for top 
uh, Premier League teams um, uh, and uh, top uh, League One teams in France as well. Uh, for Monaco, uh, Paris Saint-Germain, AC Milan, Chelsea, Manchester City, Marseille, uh, which is incredible. I, I, I definitely wanted to mainly take this time and give him a shout out because that's, um, I mean, as if he needs one. But it's more so for any listeners that didn't realize, yes, there has been um, uh, an African, and I know, you know, I want to use my words uh, 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 precisely, um, an African uh, uh, a winner. And I think it was one of the first times that the Ballon d'Or was actually opened up outside of Europe, which I already have my gripes about, you know, uh, it's definitely a European-based um, trophy, uh and probably even more so European-based uh, journalists that vote on it. Um, but it's good to see that, that it you know, by it being opened up, it was open to players outside of Europe. And I hope going forward, it, it remains true to um, what we believe the essence is as far as the best player, um, and which isn't always the most popular player. Um, it's the best player, and... Um, kind of really taking a litmus test of what the people um, are looking for, what the people agree with. So yeah, that is your one. That is your one African um, uh, uh, winner. Now, by all means, do not, do not. Uh, <laughs> I, I, well, I don't. I will put it like this: I don't sit there and claim the um, MLS as having a Ballon d'Or winner. By all means, that that's a stretch. I know MLS is trying to ride that train of popularity um as many may say it doesn't you know a lot of mls players aren't or fans don't really care or well more so don't believe it it's you know you you don't try to tempt your own fan base with something that they know better and you're not going to tempt any non-mls fans uh that are new to the game with a trophy that they probably don't know much about either so good Good try MLS, but no, it, it was not for his accomplishments at um, <laughs> Inter Miami. But staying in Florida, staying in Florida, as usual, I like to also give you know credit to where credit's due. Um, when uh, celebrities, current and past, are somewhere in between, whether they're Hollywood TV celebrities or uh, what's been the trend over the past, I guess you could say five to ten years. Um, uh, ownership, celebrity ownership of soccer clubs, whether obviously the most recent one that we heard about or that I had mentioned was uh, Tom Brady uh, owning, I think, majority, if not total share of Birmingham uh, in the championship, Champions League or I'm sorry, Championship League or the League One. Uh, you can go and quote me on that or correct me on that. But it's uh, one of those levels which obviously, you know, kind of has the same feeling of the Wrexham, which, you know, if them moving up through uh, Hollywood influence. Um, but more recently, uh, Grant Hill, Grant Hill, October 28th, Orlando, Florida. Uh, some, If you don't know who Grant Hill was, um, <laughs> many people compared him to Jordan. And I'm laughing because uh, I know it's, it's very difficult. Everyone wants to compare uh, someone to Michael Jordan, which, you know, is good for Jordan because you're the thing being compared to. Uh, Grant Hill was incredible, incredible athlete in college, a uh, very, very good athlete in the pros. The only problem was, uh, his, um, 
his ability to get injured uh <laughs> well, I won't say that his he got injured more often than uh fans and the media would have liked it would have been uh potentially more electrifying especially for the Orlando Magic that team uh NBA one of the NBA teams he played for had he been able to play um now he had the guaranteed contract so he was the highest paid you know bench warmer in the league for a long time I might have been one of the highest paid players even though he was on the bench but he did his thing and I love how he's you know he's flipped his money to where I'm sure he has other investments um he just uh invested um I can't see if it's total yeah it's not a total but he's invested into um ownership of uh Orlando City uh SC and Orlando Pride which is the uh the women's team, uh, women's professional team uh, side of Orlando City. Um, so why do I keep mentioning that? You know, that's incredible, you know, to see it's not you, you can move your money in, in secret if you want to. That's totally fine. I'm never one for you have to flash your money. Uh, but if you were to flash your money to me personally, this would be the better way because you're showing I'm um I'm actually investing in something that's going to, you know, do better. Um and I, I've already seen many times where uh players blow their money. They blow their money before they even, you know, get it, they uh before they get their first check. Um and Sorry, just w trying to do a little research uh, real quick. Uh, they blow their money before they get it. Um, and it's just kind of a heartbreaking when you you know you have the statistics that I had in my book as far as uh, depending on what league they were in, how much, you know, how likely they are to be in bankruptcy. And this is, like I said, this isn't just a, this isn't just a, you know, oh, they're down to, you know, half a million dollars of what they've made. I'm talking about bankruptcy to where they're in millions and millions of dollars of debt. Obviously, he did not do this. Uh, and one of the other bonus things, um, which I was just looking up, Orlando City owners considering $400 million. Oh, sorry. They have about a 400 to $450 million uh, valuation. Um, and that's just as far as selling, obviously, uh, with more, more, more teams coming to the MLS, uh, the valuations will go up. Hopefully it'll be based on revenue and not just uh, the buy-in fees. But I, I just got to say, I don't think all these guys, uh, all these are, and celebrities are investing their money into these soccer clubs uh, just to lose it. You know, I'm sure they're not sitting there trying to lose money. Uh, so there may be something into this. Uh, quick side note, <laughs> as far as investing in a team, um, I, if there's anybody that wants to comment on it on, on my uh, Twitter, um, uh, Square Infinity, uh, uh, Two Primera, um, if, if you see this or if you share this with someone, I'd like to get your input. I did recently see something for, um, I think it's uh, Orange County uh, uh, Soccer Club, um, basically selling off shares, uh, I guess, for lack of a better term, of um, uh, for ownership of their team. I think about a hundred dollars is the minimum one, and I've thought about it. I understand USL is having some issues. 
But I personally seeing Grant Hill, seeing Kevin Durant, seeing other, you know, Derrick Henry, other, you know, uh, um, uh, athletes invest their money into something, into uh, a soccer club. I've kind of gotten that bug. I, you know, I know I cannot at this moment, my finances would not allow me to own a soccer club. <laughs> um, uh, maybe I'd like to start one with a couple people in the area. Who knows? But uh, let me know if that's a if you think that's a good or bad choice, or just you know, hey, it's just my choice and no um, no real opinion on it. But uh, so yeah, there's you know, there's a good thing with it. I think he's uh, last thing to add. I think he's also a, a partial Hawks owner. So it's you know, he Grant Hill has made smart investments as far as. Uh, you know, you're going to put some money into a team, you know, you, you know, you're not, it's not the jackpot where you throw money into the team and then the next year you make 10 times as much. It's going to take some time. And, but, um, I think they're making some good bets on MLS developing. Um, next, uh, next thing up as far as the cultural, and this is, uh, just a little article I saw about, uh, I think it was Chris, uh, Chris Richards. He's one of the uh, players for the uh, U S men's national team. I think he plays uh, currently in England. Uh, don't quote me on what level yet. This the reason why this is uh, close to my heart. It's talking about the EA. Uh, so obviously it's not uh, FIFA um, uh, on EA Sports. It's uh, EAFC. Uh, you know whatever current year EAFC twenty four something like that. Um, due to whatever licenses agreements. But um, one of the big things is that they do. The ratings, uh, they do, you know, your power, pace, you know, uh, shooting ability, defending ability, blah, blah, blah. I've seen that in Madden many times. And um, I I do have the agree. And that, so I'm on both sides. I understand that he was very upset that they put his paces low. And I guess he uh, ran down uh, his, uh, um, and not really mad, but just kind of like, oh, my goodness, you know, you're calling me slow. Uh, he ran down a very fast player, uh, Anthony. Um, so I guess it's a Premier League. Sorry. Um, so how would his pace be slow if he was able to run down, you know, a, a very fast player? And I don't have his uh, mile per hour stats in front of me, but how would he be able to run him down if he didn't have good pace? Um, and we've seen that. I know the the big ones, you know, the Messi, Ronaldo, so even uh, uh, I guess when I look at U.S. men's national team players, and I feel like, man, our guys are good. You know, we're, you know, U.S. men's national team is ranked 11th in the in the world according to FIFA rankings. But how are our individual players so far down? And um, I, I, I think that is a problem. I think, you know, I, one, you have a larger base of players to try to figure out their speed. Obviously, you know, you're not going around clocking everybody's speed um in the world or any you know fifa uh sanctioned you know teams or teams that would even be on there um and i think that's much easier for madden because you know you can essentially just take everybody's uh 40 time because their stats are tracked from the set you know from when they before they even try out i understand players can get faster uh they can get slower but uh, it's less people. It's 32 teams with, you know, 53 people on each of those teams. So, you know, 1,500, 1,600 people to develop stats for compared to, 
several thousand um, that you'd have to keep, you know, checking on. And um, so I but I do think that that's something that needs to be rectified, because while there are top tier players that they put on these games that have, you know, incredible speed and the, it can get a little bit wonky where you have a player that's super and, you know, they may be super because they're scoring a lot of goals, but as far as speed and skill, it, they're not much better than another player. It's just that they're more popular. They end up scoring more goals, and that's usually because you're on a better team in general. So, but there's no particular play, uh, player that I'm talking about, but um, it can, you know, there can be the bias to where, hey, these are our top, you know, players. Um, uh, you know, our Hollands, our Neymars, our, you know, Mbappes, we're going to make them so much better. And they are incredibly better, but I don't think it's to the point where they should make them so much faster in every category or so much better in, in every category um, when it's really their total game and the team that they're on um, that tends to amplify their skills and then just make another team in uh, in in the French league you know make their striker who may have who may have you know had five less goals than Mbappe over the past two years make him so much worse just because he's on you know Monaco or you know uh, uh you know Marseille so I I can see I can see like the you know the frustration in that and you know in the end, it may not matter. Like I said, it's probably more so just kind of, you know, uh, a, a little, you know, joking upsetness. Not real. He's not going out there trying to sue, but I understand. So that's just, you know, a little cultural thing as far as I understand the the whole gaming rating system. Now, I just want to take a little bit of breath because uh, I guess right before I was going to do this podcast, I, I looked up. Just looking up an article, looking up some information to uh, try to see if it fit into today's podcast, and I saw something. And this may not definitely this this isn't necessarily pitch black related. I know you know sometimes I'm going to go off. Uh, I don't want to say topic because the topic is always soccer. I just want to bring you know uh, the essence of African and black influence into it. Um, but I think this is definitely going to influence. This has influenced me. So if anything, if it, if it doesn't feel like it influenced black or African uh, culture uh, in soccer, this has influenced me, and I'm black, so here we go. Uh, so obviously one of the first MLS, uh, the first MLS uh, team I um, saw in person, uh, which was incredible, was uh, Miami. Uh, this was a season, a season before Messi came. This was a two, or a season or two. So it may have been 2001, uh, definitely during the pandemic. So I think 2001 uh, season. And um, I went to, uh, you know, went to uh, Drive Pink Stadium uh, in Fort Lauderdale. You know, good, cozy atmosphere. Uh, I like the folks, you know, it, it wasn't overwhelming. I didn't feel like I didn't belong there. Uh, you know, obviously, you know, majority Latin American uh, population. But you had a you know you had a mixture. It wasn't so down. It wasn't Colorado Rapids, uh, but that's what that's another um, podcast in itself. So 
Yes, yes. 2001, uh, July 25th, 2021, uh, Inter-Miami versus Philadelphia Union. Uh, real quickly, side note, uh, I just looked that up because I charted it down on an app called Footballology. If you haven't used it, um, definitely I, I advise you to use it if you know if you want to keep memories, keep track of games you've been to. And, you know, it's, it's not like the most highly technological thing. But it's a great little thing to, you know, keep track, even of your local team, uh, your local club. Uh, that's F-U-T-B-O-L-O-G-Y. By all means, I am not sponsored by them. I wouldn't mind, but I think it's a nice little thing. Even their um, uh, their premium, it's only uh, $1 a month or um, $8 for the year. So you, you can do many little things and uh, keep tabs of, you know, where you've been and what games you want to go to along with friends. So, I uh, went to that game. Obviously, I, I loved it. You know, I, I you know, the halftime coming back with, you know, Gloria Estevan, you know, um, as the as the kind of little hype music. I uh, went to a couple more, you know, MLS games since then over the past couple of years. Um, so, I liked, you know, Miami, Inter-Miami was kind of my team. Uh, when they said they were getting messy, I wasn't excited, not because, I mean, I mean, partially because I'm not the biggest Messi fan. I appreciate his ability. Um, I think he looked incredible during League's Cup. Obviously, much credit to him. Um, I personally felt like, I don't want to say it was the MLS or it was Apple, maybe a little bit here, a little bit there, was that there was favoritism. And I, no matter what, whether I like your team or not, whether I'm a fan or not, I do not like poor play or I don't like favoritism. I don't like when, if you're going to beat me, beat me fairly. I will respect for that. If they go out there and beat, you know, if Inter Miami out there and went out there and set the world on fire, fine. If there are things kind of going their way that isn't allowed to go other people's way, then I have a problem. Obviously, I may have spoken about, you know, the salary. Um, I think it's $52 million at least um, that he's receiving. And, and he had uh, um, Sergio Busquets and uh, Jordi Alba. So, you, you know, you basically brought uh, three, I want to say Hall of Famers from Barcelona, but you brought three very good players and trophy winners from Barcelona who aren't in prime shape, but uh, as we can tell with soccer, you don't have to be in prime shape. You just you can have good soccer knowledge and still be a contender. Um, and, you know, I started kind of feeling like, you know, as much as I'm enjoying um, Inter-Miami winning the Leagues Cup or going through, it's looking a bit un, un you know, it's not fair. Um now, I know I can pull up with the statistics. Top spending teams as far as the Major League uh, Soccer year, uh, the season. Uh, top spending teams, I think only one out of top four teams, you know, made the playoffs. Um, so, it, you know, there's no correlation, at least as far as this year. And keep in mind, he came in the middle of the year. Uh, no correlation that if you spend a hell of a lot that you're going to automatically win. It's not true. you got to have good players. Fine. Um but back to what I saw today, and I, I 
wish it weren't true just because I have a lot of respect for this player and um, how he was a, a goal-scoring machine even amongst uh, Messi was that they are signing um, Luis Suarez. Now, yes, he's not in pr- he's not prime Luis Suarez, uh, but they're getting supposedly getting rid of Martinez, and they're going to play Suarez. And I I think while that looks exciting, I and also my theory, you know, the, the theory I'm going to get to in a bit. I think it's detrimental to into my. I think it's detrimental to MLS. Um, if what they're trying to do, as far as my theory, I think what they're trying to do is create the boogeyman. They're trying to create a monster. They're trying to create uh, a, a LeBron. They're trying to create um, the Yankees. They're trying to create a super team that you're going to either they're going to make this you know upcoming season. And it might just be for one season only because obviously I don't think, you know, those guys are going to be playing four or five seasons. But I think they're trying to set this up for next year as love them or hate them. You're going to either love the the uh, um, love Inter Miami FC or you're going to hate them. Either way, we're going to get you to white. It's the whole league versus them. And unfortunately, with the signings that they're allowed to have and I said that they're allowed because other teams aren't getting this pool of money uh socialized amongst them to fund them you know it's it's I I I have no problem if all teams were allowed to open up uh sorry loosen the purse strings and sign whomever the hell they wanted to at whatever price fine I'm totally fine. I still like the 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 homegrown development, but if your if your competitor is pulling in a eight time Ballon d'Or winner, another player who should have won a Ballon d'Or, who who's a, a beast in its own, if they're pulling in all these players and you're not allowed, they're, you're being told, nah, just develop it here. They're putting you at a disadvantage, and that is wrong. That is wrong. Maybe they're doing to build up. Um, ratings but i'm just gonna say i don't like it i i don't like it um because it's it's going to gain viewership but it's not i don't think it's a good way to develop soccer in the united states because all to me it's just saying if you want to have a dominant team you're still going to go get them you're going to you're going to get them all from barcelona you're just importing Barcelona, you know, uh, past players to Miami, and that's it. So that grinded my gears. Uh, like I said, especially since that was the first club, I have, you know, some of the jerseys, gear from Miami, and I don't usually buy all that, um, you know, other than maybe just a soccer scarf. But that was that. That really. Kind of soured, you know. To, you know, it was just a sour taste in my mouth uh, to see that you're going to overload this team. Um, and you know, all I can say is the onus is on them that they have to win. I'm not talking about you know the regular season. They have to win the MLS Cup. 
they have to win the U.S. Open. They have to win the champion. They they essentially have to do a trouble. They have they have to. If there's, I don't know if there's a League Cup next year, or if it's every two years or something, they have to win every trophy possible in convincing fashion. Well, maybe not convincing, but they have to win. And that's, they've set themselves up for that. And I think it also, I don't think they're going to achieve that. And I think that's going to tarnish their, uh, at least Messi's, legacy because you're setting him up for something that they have to do and by all means they're you know their ability looks you know or their resume looks great but they're older they're older and uh, as we saw in a couple of those uh, league cup games some of these younger teams they're gonna outrun you that it you know you can't be for the time and I, like i said i know i said earlier Knowledge and experience is an incredible thing, especially when you have four players that were basically on the same squad. They're going to have a lot to give. It's going to be they're going to be a tough team to beat. But there's a difference between having your rivals plan against you twice a year and the playoffs, and the rest of the league willing to run you down every single game. So. It's good for viewership, but I don't think it's good for the spirit of the sport. That's my opinion. At the end of the day, maybe it's just dollars and cents. If so, kudos. But you got to let these other teams, you know, kind of develop. But like I said, that's just kind of my grind, my gears, different opinions, different people. And I'm sure Messi is not worried about me. He's going to do what he needs to do. (laughs) But uh, so that's the podcast for today. Thank you for listening. Uh, Sorry if I rambled a little bit. But like I said, I'm going to, you know, be here three times a week, Monday, Wednesday, and Fridays. Going to take the weekend off to learn a little bit more and share with you again next week. And as always, looking forward to kicking with you. Goodbye.